Greetings, friends, fellow citizens, and fellow patriots, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this podcast, but I'm also the president of the We the People Convention. And this podcast and everything we do is sponsored by and, and brought to you by the generous donations of the people who give to the We the People Convention. You can do that as well by going to wethepeopleconvention.org and give what you can. I know many of you cannot give anything at this time of inflation, but we have other things you can do to help. So welcome to everyone who's joining us. If this is your first time uh, to watch this podcast, please uh, note that our, our goals are to protect and defend our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. Um, and we do that by taking action. You will get news and opinions in this podcast that you may not have heard anywhere else, but we try to focus on the things that actually affect you and your freedom, liberty, and prosperity. And then we try to suggest actions you can take to protect that. So that's kind of the, the format of the show. And we welcome everyone who's new to the show. We thank all of our viewers who, uh, who do tell others about this podcast because we are blocked from Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all that stuff. So the only way anyone knows about our podcast is if they indeed, um, you know, are told about it, told about it by someone, you know, that has already watched it. So thanks to our, our viewers and our members of the We the People Convention for, uh, for spreading the word. We, we greatly appreciate it. So we've got a very full show. Uh, you'll note that our flag is uh, flying upside down, uh, and that's not a mistake, and it's not an insult to our nation. It's actually a sign of distress, that our nation is in distress. I hope you will fly your flag upside down. I, I saw a news story this week that said that uh, the Dutch were starting to fly their flags upside down as a you know a sign that they are in trouble. We talked about that last week. How this uh, new ESG uh, climate anti you know capitalist communist garbage is destroying the Netherlands and Sri Lanka, and I'll have a follow up on that later. But uh, they are you know they are joining us, and they are uh, you know they are fighting for their liberty and freedom, which is under assault right now. So it's not just here in the United States. This is global. Anyway, as you know, we, we usually open our, our podcast with a uh, prayer, and we're going to hold off on that prayer uh, for our January 6th um, you know, political prisoners being held in the gulags of D.C., because there was a lot of news around January 6th this week, so we're going to talk about that, and then we'll say a prayer. Okay, so let me get, get to that information, because I think it's very important. Um as you know, Representative Louis Gohmert and, uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene have been the two, uh, congressmen, uh, women who have been, you know, really not giving up on the, you know, the prisoners in the gulags in DC. They've been fighting for them. They've gone to see them. They're the only ones that have gotten in the prison to visit with them and they fought for their rights. Uh, Louis Gohmert, uh, you know, went and had a press conference this week with the family members. Of the uh, of the prisoners, and I wanted to start the show with this because we've talked about them, and we've talked about the prisoners, and we've talked about the the challenges for their family. But I wanted to bring it to you in a more personal way, and that's what I'm going to do this morning. Uh, Representative Gomert uh, said the violations of American rights on January 6 prisoners is mind blowing. Um, he said we are extremely uh, concerned to see a Department of Justice 
not about justice. Gomert said at the press conference, it's about vengeance. It's about intimidation and the tactics that we've been seeing from this DOJ and the disregard for rights coming out of the investigation showing that the FBI lied, that the uh, CIA and the intel agencies lied, the DOJ lies. It ought to be a concern to every single living American. As a former felony judge and chief justice, it's particularly mind-blowing for me during a time when we should have the most fair courts in our history, we have more violations of American rights than even under the Hoover FBI. That's saying some folks, if you know anything about the Hoover FBI, uh, it was it was corrupt as can possibly be. So let me now uh, kind of zero in on a few people. Here's a picture of uh, a, a prisoner. His name is Jack Witten. His fiance pictured here is Haley McLean. McLean. Haley McLean. And I'm going to talk about what she had to say. She said, he has been de denied access to due process rights, access to his discovery to defend his case, and he has even been denied access to nu nutritional food and sunlight for months, she asserted. The narrative they are painting of my husband isn't accurate. He's not an insurrectionist. According to Bonnie, Ryan owns a nonprofit called Rescue the Universe. He goes around the country rescuing people and animals during natural disasters like hurricanes, floods, and tornadoes. In 2018, Ryan was seen on multiple news outlets rescuing six dogs abandoned by their owner in a locked chain link cage in Leland, North Carolina. He's a hero in his community, Bonnie said. He just went to the Capitol to peacefully protest. I never thought in a million years this would be happening to our family. Bonnie and Ryan have two children, ages five and eight. A few months ago, she said the youngest told his dad he didn't think he was ever going to see his daddy again. He doesn't even remember what daddy looks like. It's heartbreaking, Bonnie said. My family is suffering. He was the breadwinner in our family. And I just can't believe that a Marine who served his country would be treated this way. It's unjust, it's unconstitutional, and it's wrong. Now, I have the wrong picture. I had the right picture up there, but here's uh, the Nichols family picture. So you can see Bonnie and um, her husband. That's that's what they're going through. That's how sad uh, this is, okay? Uh, this Let me share you this picture. They call him the Lego man. And you'll remember this. And you'll say, wow, what, you know, this is just insanity. It's just plain insanity. Angela Morse said her son Robert is a good man. He's a former army ranger who loves his country. He has no criminal history and he treats others respect with respect. He's also known as the Lego man. He has loved Legos since he was a little boy, Angela reminisced. Uh, he has thousands and thousands of them, and he has always had these massive containers of Legos, which I had to move. In fact, Angela said her son has so many giant containers of Legos, she had to move them to a storage unit. When he was arrested, they said he had a Capitol building made out of Legos in his home. Angela noted he did not. The FBI is trying to make this huge deal out of him having a Capitol building built out of Legos, but they just had a box, and that's what they have a picture of. But it didn't. It did get him the nickname of Lego Man, which he's actually proud of. She said, "Okay, so you know, think about this: the guy didn't even have a Capitol building made out of Legos in his house. He had a box of them, and these are sold. Lots of people have those. This guy's been in prison." When Robert was arrested on July 11th at his home in Pennsylvania, uh, Angela was at her home in Nevada. 
He has now been incarcerated for over a year. His attorney made several unsuccessful efforts to have him released on bond. She said one of the main reasons why they have refused to allow him as bond is because of his elite soldier status. The government recruited him and trained him, and now they are using that against him. He spent the first several months of the incarceration at the D.C. Gulag, where the conditions are just horrifying. He's no longer in D.C., uh, because he was assaulted by five guards. It was in retaliation for a meeting he had had with his attorney. It was after the meeting with his attorney as Robert was strip searched with, that the assault took place. There were sexual components to it, Angela added. Robert wants people to know he's a political prisoner, Angela said. He doesn't want people to forget about him or the other political prisoners because if we forget about them, it would be a devastating thing for our country. Isn't that the truth? That's why we, we remember them. That's why we're, we're keeping them in our prayers. That's why we're fighting for them. Because it's just, these people are going through hell. It's wrong. It's unjust. It's what they do in communist nations. And, that, and, and that's why we keep bringing it up. And that's why you keep bringing it up. That's why you keep talking about it. Okay? Because... We've got to get them out and we've got to prosecute the people who are persecuting these political prisoners unjustly. We must drive this evil out of our federal government. Okay. So there's lots more, you know, about January 6th in the news that we're going to cover next. But let's take this opportunity to pray, you know, for, for Jace, for the Wittens. All right. I showed you their picture and for Robert, the Lego man. All right. And, and for, you know, uh, Bonnie Nichols and her family, that's who you're praying for. That's who we want, you know, uh, God to lift up and give strength to so that they can get through this insanity, this little insanity that they're caught in the middle of when they're just, and it's, isn't it interesting, so many of them have military backgrounds that they're being held this way? Wow. If you're a veteran, you should be mad as hell because you sure as didn't fight for our country for this lack of justice, for this injustice, for this evil, this corruption, this destruction of the rule of law. So join me right now, and let's say a prayer. And let's say a prayer every day. Let's keep them in our prayers. So let's pray for them, the families, the prisoners, their lawyers. Let's also pray for the people in Ukraine and, and for the Canadian um, you know, uh, people who organize the truck a boycott and for the people internationally in the Netherlands and Sri Lanka and elsewhere who are fighting for their freedom and liberty and prosperity right now, just as we are. Let's say a prayer. I will uh, post the link to this story at the We the People Convention website. If you click on the orange yellow button that says podcast, you know, I link all the stories in this podcast for those who are new at, uh, you know, on that page. So you can move ahead and just watch the stories you want. You can also click to see the source material for the stories I cover. There's a lot more in this story about the families that you may want to read. And I encourage you to read it and I encourage you to share it with um, your friends and family so they don't forget what evil our government, not our government, the U.S. government, it's not our government, is doing in the name of us, 
in the name of our Constitution. It's disgraceful. It's disgusting. We will overcome this. We will bring these people to justice. This is just the beginning. So let's go on to the other stories involving this because there's a lot. Okay, exclusive Republicans demand DOJ release January 6th surveillance and police body cam uh, pictures. Well, yeah, no kidding. It's about time. House Republicans are demanding the U.S. Department of Justice release body and surveillance camera footage as well as any other footage in connection with the January 6th Capitol riot, according to a letter obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Wisconsin Representative Glenn Grothman uh, Representative Texas Rep. Louis Gohmert and South Carolina uh, Rep. Ralph Norman first requested the information from the, D from the DOJ in October of 2021. They don't have it yet. They don't have it. Uh, now they are re-upping their inquiry, asking Attorney General Merrick Garland to release the information since their constituents have a growing concern with the DOJ's apparent failure to do so. A little side note, um, uh, Jim Jordan talked this week about if uh, we can take back the House and the Senate uh, next year, that there would be impeachment of Merrick Garland. Many Americans question why their government and the department in particular has been so selective in releasing a footage, the lawmakers said in their letter. We believe all Americans including members of Congress, the media, and the public at large should be able to view footage from January 6th that the department has in its possession. Most of the 14,000 hours of surveillance footage from January 6th has not been made available. Okay? And what they're saying to the congressman is that yeah, you we're, we can you can tell us what you specifically want to see, and you have to go to a room with a uh, a DOJ person and watch it. But you can't have a copy of it, and we just aren't going to release it for national security reasons, don't you know? National security reasons, okay? But this was the big story this week. This was a really big story. Leaked FBI docs show Proud Boys did nothing wrong on January sixth. Now that's a big statement because the the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers have been made the scapegoats for this whole lie about an insurrection. Okay. And so, you know, it's been, you know, these are, you know, these are militia groups who are anti-American. They're white nationalists, horse hockey. They are not. These are great groups of men and women who served in the military, served in police and fire, who swore an oath to uphold the constitution and have acted to do that. They're not the insurrectionists, but they were set up by the FBI. And here's how we know, folks. Here's how we know. Leaked documents show that FBI confidential human source infiltrated Proud Boys, ran FBI operation on January 6th, reported that they were innocent. Uh, this is by Kara Castronova from the Gateway Pundit. The FBI and the Department of Injustice continue to viciously politically persecute American citizens and terrorize the public. Now they've been caught. Shame on the McCarthy-like January 6th unselect committee for abusing their power and using groups like the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers as fall guys so they can punish their political opposition. This is not the United States. They, they are, their lies are being exposed. A whistleblower has leaked a treasure trove of documents and text messages, some marked highly sensitive to the Gateway Pundit website. These documents contain incredible exculpatory evidence proving the Department of Justice was aware that the group of indicted Proud Boys were innocent, yet are prosecuting them anyway. You can read the entire dump of documents at our website and at the Gateway Pundit. So if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, 
Look under articles. Click on this, you know, this document, the article, leaked FBI doc show Proud Boys did nothing wrong on January 6th. You can actually see a PDF of the classified reports from the FBI informant to the FBI. You can read this, uh, which includes hundreds of pages of transcripts and audio recorded interviews with uh, and with an assisting United States attorney, FBI agents, and their contra- confidential human source. The contra- confidential human source, or CHS, infiltrated the Kansas City Proud Boys group for over a year and a half before the January 6th event and kept the FBI goons informed of the group's activity. The informant told his handlers at the FBI that the Kansas City Proud Group, what he was infiltrating and accompanied to the Capitol on January 6th, were not involved or nor did they inspire the breaking of the barriers at the Capitol building. The confidential human source described the scene as the crowd doing it as a herd mentality and it was not organized. The crowd was shouting, stop the vote as they made their way to the Capitol building. There were no overt threats of violence made at that time. Not only that, the informant also testified to the FBI that the Proud Boys planned to come to Washington, D.C. to risk their own safety to protect average Trump supporters from Antifa attacks so MAGA folks could uh, enjoy the day and get back to their hotels safely. Meanwhile, the uh, you know the the uh, military law enforcement group known as O Keepers has been become the fall guys along with President Trump for the entire entire phony insurrection. Okay, so you need to read that story, and you can hear the the, the audio files, and they have the the text messages as well, as well as these these reports. So the FBI's own informant inside the Proud Boys said they there was no plans of insurrection, none, zero. We're going to win this. History is going to show this. But if you go to that story, you will also see links to the Revolver News articles. There's two Revolver News articles that you need to read because Revolver News has been really covering this carefully. If you look, um, there's two links right up here, okay, on that story. And one says, read, update to New York Times story on FBI January 6th. Instigator Ray Epps is a damage control con job that is easily debunked with facts. Then another follow-up. Meet Ray Epps Part 2. Damning new details emerge, exposing massive web of unindicted operators at the heart of January 6th. Folks, they've got the goods. They've got videos. This was pre-planned by Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the deep state. This is Charlottesville, right? You'll say, what's Charlottesville? Remember Charlottesville when Prep got elected and they, and they had the people tearing down statues and some people didn't want them to tear down some Confederate statues in Charlottesville? And what did the police do? They let Antifa and the left surround these protesters and threaten them until they got so afraid that one of them tried to break out with his car and ran over a person. And then they claimed that Trump supported the Nazis and white uh, nationalists when Trump said there were good people on both sides, but he condemned them, the nationalists, the white nationalists, and the Nazis specifically. The lie, Charlottesville was a trap. It was a setup and should have been investigated by Bill Barr and never was. This was the same thing. These articles on Revolver News will give you unbelievably clear information with diagrams, photos, you know, uh, uh, videos of the, the FBI 
removing the barriers, okay, that, the, that these Ray Epsky, who the New York Times just surprisingly ran a puff piece on this week saying he's being persecuted as a, under these conspiracies. He's not an FBI informant. Yeah, yeah. Read this and tell me Ray Epps isn't an FBI. He's the only person on tape instigating this supposed insurrection. He's the only one on tape saying, go into the Capitol. We have to go in the Capitol. Premeditated. You got to read this stuff, folks, because it's the truth. We're all gonna, it's all going to be exposed. They can lie all they want. They can lie all they want. And this story is what it's all about. Republicans plot vengeance on January 6th committee. Okay? And, and it's, it's all about the fact that the Republicans are now saying, listen, we know that these are lies. And when we get back in power, we're going to investigate the January 6th committee. We're going to investigate what you did, what you withheld, the lies you took, how you edited tapes. Key House Republicans are threatening to subpoena records of the January 6th committee if the GOP retakes the majority next year and the escalation of the party's efforts to undercut the investigators' findings. The Dems are so afraid that Adam Schiff tried to put into the defense funding bill this week a rule change that basically would prohibit the military from like the National Guard who was you know involved in this from providing Congress with documents they would request. Okay? This ain't over. But I want you to know that we've made the point to the Republicans this has to be investigated and they damn well better. They damn well better investigate this. Because we cannot have injustice in our society. We need equal justice under the law. We need the laws of our society to be applied. We are not a nation at all if there is no law. We are not a government governed by men, or we're, we're not supposed to be. We are now. We are now. We're being governed by people, men and women, who think they're above the law. We must reestablish the rule of law, and January 6th is a focal point of that. Pray in your prayers that we can that we can bring these people to justice and restore our constitution and the rule of law. That's why you pray, and I hope you pray every day for the January 6th political prisoners, because that's what they are. Misdemeanors. Again, if you read the story on Revolver, they'll show you that the first thing that Ray Epps and this 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 group of FBI informants and, and actors, they tore down all the signs that said no trespassing that lead to the Capitol building. And when the Proud Boys and the people from the Trump speech started to come to the Capitol, there were no signs. There were no barricades. They had been all moved. And then when they went to the Capitol, they were all charged with trespassing when there were no signs to tell them you're trespassing. Yeah, read those stories. Okay, so yeah, that's ugly. This is uglier. I sent this out to you this week, and um, if you had the guts to watch it, uh, my hat's off to you. Uh, Please stand around while killer shoots children. Horrifying video. Uh, you saw clips of this, you know, on various podcasts and things like that. Uh, they don't do justice. Uh, the video I posted is the full hour and twenty minute video with sound 
where you can hear the gunshots and children screaming and these these police and military people do nothing nothing it's and, and you're going to pass gun laws denying us the right to own guns to have guns you know what this does go to this story there's a link on our website at this story okay and you'll see the link that talks about arming teachers how it works and it should be everywhere because i'll tell you right now after watching that video if i was a teacher you're damn right i'd want to be armed because i can't count on anybody but myself to protect my life and my children that's the bottom line the other big story this week which i want to explain to you because it was pretty convoluted but it's important it affects you just like you know why do the january 6 prisoners why am i doing that story because it's about your freedom and liberty and prosperity. If they can do that to them, they can do it to you. That's why we need to fight back. And oh, by the way, I'll do an ask on that. Call your congressman who's running for re-election this November and say, what have you done? What, have, what letter have you signed? Have you gone to see the prisoners? Have you done anything? Might be a good time for a call this week, wouldn't it? Go visit their office. They all have local offices in your area. Go see your congressman and say, I'm worried about this. Look at these stories. It seems to me this is a government setup. What are you doing about that? Okay, so this story comes out, and it's about this girl, 10-year-old child, not girl, this child who was raped, and then the left made a big deal after Roe v. Wade that she had to leave Ohio to go to Indiana to get an abortion. However, before we knew you know, all the details, this A, our Attorney General Dave Yost, went on Fox News and said, wait a minute, there's been no report of a child being raped in Ohio. There's been no DNA kits requested. And oh, by the way, the Ohio heartbeat bill, she didn't have to leave. That child did not have to be taken to Indiana to be treated. Ohio law would have allowed that child to have an abortion in Ohio. So that's all a lie. So first of all, so and Biden goes on national TV and says this is true. Well, at first they couldn't find the child. Well, then it ends up that this illegal alien was in Columbus, Ohio, was arrested, okay? And was arrested because he had actually not only raped his child, but apparently he's living with the child's mother and started raping her at nine years of age. The piece of human waste who should be hung by the neck in public until dead. The Columbus Dispatch reported on Wednesday that police arrested 27-year-old, now this is important, 27-year-old undocumented Ohio man. Not undocumented. He's an illegal alien who came across the borders because the Biden administration is letting criminals in who are preying on children. This proves it. It's not my opinion. That's a fact. This case is a fact. Uh, the, uh, the undocumented Ohio man, Gerson Fuentes, after he confessed to raping a 10-year-old girl, which resulted in pregnancy. The viral story of the child who needed to seek an abortion out of state after Roe v. Wade was overturned uh, was reported vaguely by the Indianapolis Star and was used as a political weapon to go after Republican legislators who advocated for re uh, abortion restrictions. 
The report um, uh, was full of errors and omissions, and, and, and so the media kept trying to track it down. Um, and so as this person, the single source behind the report was a Dr. Caitlin Bernard, an activist abortion doctor who was in the media after advocating against abortion restrictions. Bernard refused to clarify whether or not she had reported the alleged crime to authorities, leading to a media frenzy that peaked on Monday night on Jesse Waters' primetime show on Fox News, where Attorney General, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost said he was unable to find any reports of the rape of the 10-year-old in Ohio. Yost also refuted Barnard's claim that the child had to go to Indiana for an abortion, saying the situation would have been covered by emergency exceptions in the Ohio heartbeat law. The day after the Attorney General's appearance at Fox News, the alleged rapist was arrested and confessed, okay, in Franklin County. It's not long known how long it took the DHS. Uh, the report incident took place on January 22nd, and it's not known how long it took the DCS to give the, that report to the police. But the fact that the suspect, suspect was not arrested until after the story went viral raises questions. You think? You think? So this was reported in Columbus, in Franklin County, a totally blue, you know, woke joke of a county in Ohio where our cap state capitalist, okay? And... They don't arrest the guy until after the story comes out. Then this, this activist doctor in Indiana, she says, oh, you know, this, this child was brought here, had to come here from Ohio, which is a lie, to have an abortion. And then we find out that they reported Fuentes, this, this, the, the rapist, who is 27 years old, as a teenager to try to cover it up. The left... Joe Biden, all the Democrats are preying on our children by letting these animals into our country through our border illegally without any oversight to come to our states, to your state, to commit crimes, to sell drugs, to traffic children, to rape and murder. All documented, not in my opinion, not hyperbole. It's a fact. But you should be embarrassed because a 10-year-old had to go to Indiana for an abortion, which was also a lie. Yeah. Make sure you explain this to your friends and family. The 10-year-old girl was raped repeatedly by an illegal alien let in by the Biden administration and that they didn't have to leave Ohio because Ohio's heartbeat law deals with tragedies like this. Those are the facts. Tell the facts because this affects you because these people are going to prey on our children and grandchildren. And that's why they're going to be stopped. Now, I mentioned earlier about uh, the flag and the Dutch in the Netherlands are flying their flag upside down. And then I talked to you about Sri Lanka. And, and you know, again, those of you who watch this podcast, you notice that you get most of these stories way before you see them in the national media, way before. And so this week, there were lots of stories about the tractors blocking the roads in, in Netherlands and, you know, the Sri Lankan. In Sri Lanka, the president and I think the attorney general of Sri Lanka had to flee the country because the mobs took over the, the presidential residence because they're broke. The, these quote unquote intellectuals took the, the, you know, Davos climate nonsense and banned 
these uh, artificial fertilizers, chemical fertilizers. And they said, you farmers in Sri Lanka and in the Netherlands, you have to do organic farming. You have to use natural fertilizers. One problem, they don't work as well. You don't get the same crop yields. So on the same amount of land, if you use natural fertilizers, you get like 50% of the food. Guess what? People are starving in Sri Lanka. And you get 50% of the food, so the farmers are starving because they can't make enough money. See how stupid this is? See how stupid this is? That's what they're trying to do here in the United States. That's what they're trying to do in Canada. So here's a story that came out. Here's why the media won't want you to know about the massive protests going on around the globe. Okay? Discontent with left-wing policy failures is triggering massive protests all over the world. Just don't expect to read all about it in the New York Times. This is from a woman named Beth Whitehead. Um, if you skim the front pages of major, major corporate news outlets, you'll find no mention of the economic protests raging in Spain, Morocco, Greece, and the United Kingdom. On the Washington Post homepage these days, you'll find headlines such as how to deal with a chatty coworker who, who won't get out of your office. Oh, that's really important news. But you won't find mention of more than 100,000 people protesting in Madrid, Spain. You'll find the story of a gay union titled, What's, uh, What's Two Yentas Plus One Senator? A Lifetime Together at the uh, New York Times. But you won't see a single heading of, of the more than 10,000 protesters in Athens, Greece. Corporate media has largely glossed over the tens of thousands of farmers in the Netherlands who clogged up roadways and distribution centers by holding Canadian trucker convoy-style demonstrations to protest radical climate policies. According to the Carnegie Endowment of International Peace, which records protests worldwide, 11 countries are currently seeing protests of more than a 1,000 people in response to the rising cost of living and other economic woes in 2022 caused by leftist, woke, joke, climate, commie, anti-capitalist policies. As of July 5th, uh, Carnegie has recorded protests of more than 120,000 people in France. Didn't hear about that. 100,000 in Spain, 10,000 in Greece, 10,000 in Kazakhstan, 10,000 in Sri Lanka, 10,000 in India, 5,000 in Iran, 5,000 in Purdue, uh, Peru, uh, 1,000 people in Argentina, 1,000 in Morocco, and 1,000 in the United Kingdom. When vaccine passports were being implemented, protests took place around the world, but there was hardly any coverage in the U.S. media. Due to the cost of living crisis, protests are happening around the world, but again, the media turns a blind eye. Corporate media won't talk about the rest of these protests because the countries are struggling with economically disastrous economically disastrous policies akin to President Joe Biden's. Any show of economic turmoil in the EU member states could be traced back to EU sanctions on Russians or the green energy failures, which would fly in the face of the corporate media's agenda. Many of these companies have inflationary monetary policies that are destroying their nation. Okay? So that's why you're not hearing about this, but you need to know about why. Because A, you need to understand you're not alone. This is global. B, you need to understand that these countries are ahead of us in the curve. They didn't have the strength to resist. And so they're 
already failing. Learn from the mistakes of others, right? So this is why you need to tell other people about it. And I will link to this article where they give specific details about every one of those countries, okay? So you can know what's really going on because folks, this isn't just about us. This is about the whole world. This is the global, you know, the new world order. They're implementing it. They, you know, we're going to get off fossil fuels by 2030. No, we're not. You're going to starve to death if you do. But they don't care because they, they're smarter than you. They're the stupid smart people. And so they don't, I was listening to Dan Bongino's Friday podcast and he had a great line. He said, all you have to do is say, then what? Just, they never do that on the left. They're like children with fantasies. They just say, oh, just grow organically, not knowing that it takes twice as much land. So, oh, geez, you're the guys who care about the planet. We're going to have to mow down 50% more forest to plant this. Then what? That's a great thing. When you're talking to your lefty friends or acquaintances or family members, okay, I said that the way to get involved with them is not to tell them anything, but to ask them questions. But this is a good good example. So people say, well, we got to get off of fossil fuels. Say, well, well, then what? What happens when you get off fossil fuels? And they say, well, people buy electric electric cars and stuff. You say, well, then, then what happens? If you buy electric cars, then what happens to the power grid? Well, um, we'll have to build the power grid. Well, well, then what happens if you build the power grid? Where are you going to get the energy to fill the power grid? Then what? I thought that was brilliant. And I'm going to start using that. And you should start using it as well. Okay? And here's a case, you know, where, where this whole global, you know, you know nonsense about... Oh, we're, we're killing the planet. No, we're not. It's all a lie. It's, it's a lie, folks. There's no, there's no problem with populations. There's no problem feeding our people. The bottom line is the only problem the elites have is that we have a say in the way we live our lives, that they can't control us. That's why it's the state versus we the people. It's individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity against you'll own nothing and like it. Guess what? Go read a psychology book. If you own nothing, you won't like anything. You'll commit suicide. Okay? That's how stupid they are. You'll own nothing and like it. Yeah, then what? Yeah, we cease to exist as a population. All right? So here's another then what. What would have happened? Okay? The whole just bloody experience, okay, of covid was an example of not asking then what. And and it's just been so distorted that we are only now getting to the truth about this. So let's talk a little bit about COVID and then we'll get to a break, okay? Let's talk about COVID. More than 1.3 million adverse effects following COVID vaccines reported to the VAERS in their CDC database, okay? 29,000. 273 deaths and 241,910 serious injuries between December 14th, 2020 and July 1st, 2022. 29,000 deaths from the vaccine, folks. Now, no, that's not comparable to the deaths from COVID, okay? 
but it's not nothing. And you weren't warned. You were not warned. I warned about this. There's a new video coming out called Uninformed Consent. Because remember, you're supposed to have informed consent before you get forced to do something. You were uninformed. Okay. And here's the data that proves it. Uh, let's see what else this VAERS report said. VAERS is the primary government-funded report a system for reporting adverse vaccine reactions in the U.S. Uh, of the 29,273 reported deaths, 18,937 cases are attributed to the Pfizer's COVID vaccine, 7,724 deaths to Moderna's vaccine, and 2,545 cases to the Johnson & Johnson and I shouldn't say vaccine because they're not vaccines. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But those are huge numbers. In the past, we had, when we had a swine flu vaccine, 25 people died and they stopped it and took it off the market. 25. We're getting close to 30,000 dead. And they're still pushing it. And now they're pushing it on babies. Let's see. Of the 13,547 uh, U.S. deaths reported as of July 1st, 15% occurred within 24 hours of vaccination or getting the shot. 19% occurred within 48 hours of vaccination. And 58% occurred in people who experienced an onset of symptoms within 48 hours of being given the shot. In the U.S., 596 million COVID-19 vaccine doses have been administered, administered as of June 29, 2022 including 352 million doses of Pfizer, 225 million doses of Moderna, and 19 million doses of the Johnson Johnson shot. Okay? But guess what? Now, Fauci's on TV. Oh, I know you all want to forget about COVID, but, you know, it's back. This you know new virus, MB, uh, you know, whatever it's called, is back. And it's the most, you know, uh, virulent. People are getting it all over. And we know people are getting it, all right? The vaccine's not the vaccine. The shots don't protect you. But here's what does protect you. Here's another study. Study shows... Natural immunity is 97% effective against severe COVID after 14 months. After 14 months. The shots don't protect you at all within two or three months at all. And they never stopped you from getting the virus. Supposedly, they prevented you from going to the hospital and dying. Yeah, that's been debunked as well. Okay, more people are dying who were vaccinated than were not vaccinated. A study has found that natural immunity following COVID infection provides protection against severe illness that is superior to what is imparted by the COVID vaccine shots. In a preprinted article published in MedRixve, Qatar researchers revealed they found people who survived the COVID-19 infection and were not vaccinated had outstanding protection against severe COVID disease or death from COVID. This is a study conducted on the total population of the nation of Qatar, okay? And basically what they found is that you have 97.3% protection even against these new viruses, whereas the, the shots, because they target the spike proteins to go against a specific variant, well, it's the perfect marketing model. You got to keep getting the shot, right? You're going to keep getting the shot. Because it doesn't work if you don't get a new one, right? Yeah. What then? Then what? Then what happens? Okay. Well, here's what happens. Okay. And this is a story that many of you know personally, but has gotten no traction nationally. 
and needs to get traction and is through this group. I was glad to get this uh, story sent to me. We are going to get justice. Families unite to call out questionable hospital protocols that led to deaths. The details of the stories of the families whose loved ones died in hospitals due to what they called death protocols are strikingly similar. The patients are all scorned because of their unvaccinated status and were given a combination of sedatives and antiviral drug remdesivir. The patients were also kept isolated, malnourished, and ultimately put on ventilators before dying. After death, the families were left in confusion and were in and, and with inconceivable stories that many don't believe, stories of chilling administrative cruelty. A new group, the Former Feds Group Freedom Foundation, FFFF, Former Feds Group Freedom Foundation, has gathered about 200 of these stories through its COVID-19 humanitarian betrayal memory project to build an online database of testimonials for the purpose of surveying accounts of treatment for the sick, unvaccinated, and prosecuting any cases involving alleged abuse. Uh, these They are horror stories, Carolyn Blakeman, Media Director and Task Force Coordinator for FFF, told the Epoch Times. Many of these deaths in hospitals occurred in 2021 after COVID vaccine mandates were announced by President Biden. In some cases, people who didn't want to take the experimental drugs uh, were being fired, while unvaccinated patients in hospitals were retreating much differently than the vaccinated. The phrase, the pandemic of the unvaccinated, was used by public officials to place blame on those who chose not to take the vaccines that later proved to be not as safe and effective as touted, as we just talked about. Reports from people such as Scott Scherer in Wisconsin and Quinter in Minnesota began to reveal patients' behavior uh, by hospital administrators that suggested medical discrimination and protocols that many, like Sharon and Quinter, alleged led to the barbaric death of loved ones. So here's what happened in a nutshell. And, and, and they, you talked about the hospital protocols. Here was the problem. If you went to any medical person with COVID, there was no thinking except for some of the doctors like Dr. Malone and, and, and Dr. Tenpenny and people like that who used their medical training to say, well, let's treat this with ivermectin or, or hydroxychloroquine or these other things, right? Zinc and vitamin D3. There was none of that. They went to their computer. They said, this patient has COVID. And the computer spit out this protocol that they would not vary from. And the protocol killed people. It killed people, and it particularly killed people because these people who were unvaccinated and went to the hospitals, they just would say, well, you know, he's having a little trouble breathing. We're just going to put him on the ventilator for a little while to help uh, to help him. And then they died. And when you tried to get him up the ventilator, they threw people out of the hospital. They threw family members out. I did this podcast. I did stories about people who had uh, had um, the medical documents, right, from their husband or wife saying, I give you power of attorney over any decision concerning my health care, and the hospitals ignored them and said they're invalid. Under what law? And they killed people. And now this group is coming together to sue those hospitals and those administrators. That's the whole crime here, folks. Everybody wants to have done this with immunity. We can't give them immunity. I said last week or two weeks ago, Nuremberg trials. This was a global genocide. 
by the pharmaceutical companies and the federal and state and local uh, government officials who were on the take by the media people who get money from the drug companies for advertising. Watch your TV. It's all drugs. Why? If a drug can only be prescribed by a doctor, why are they allowed to advertise on TV? Because they're buying media support. That's why. They're buying government support. Fauci, all of them got money. This, that, this, is, this is literally Nuremberg trials about crimes against humanity is where we need to go with this. And these people who lost their loved ones in hospitals with that they trusted to provide good medical care are the most guilty, the most guilty. But here's, here's you know, more proof, right? This week, talk, the headline is, because again, they're trying to, they're trying to get ready to stop the election. They're trying to be able to illegally vote again. They're trying to use, you know, mail-in ballots again, right? So, oh, what happened this week? Oh, there's all these stories on all the lamestream media about, oh, this new virus is really bad and it's rising and we need to take precautions. And Fauci's talking about masks again. And the LA County is saying that if things don't improve by end of July, they're going to have mandatory masks again indoors in all of LA County. Mandatory masks. Okay. So, Here's a story just to remind everybody, more than 150 comparative studies and articles on mass ineffectiveness and harms. Okay? This is from the Brownstone Institute. It is not currently, it is not unreasonable to conclude that surgical and cloth masks used as they currently are being used without other forms of PPE, PPE protection have no impact, no impact on controlling the transmission of the COVID-19 virus. Current evidence implies that face masks can actually be harmful. The body of evidence indicates that face masks are largely ineffective. My focus is on COVID face masks and the prevailing science that we have had for nearly 20 months. Yet I wish to address this mask topic at a 50,000 foot level on the law as on lockdown restriction policies in general. I build on the backs of the fine work done by Drs. Gupta, Koldroff, and Bhattacharya on the Great Barrington Declaration and similar impetus by Dr. Scott Atlas, who was an advisor to Trump, who's the only sane one, you know, on, on his staff, who, like myself, was a strong proponent for a focused type of protection that was based on age risk stratification approach. Because we saw very early on that lockdowns were the single greatest mistake in public health history. Let me say that again. Lockdowns were the single biggest mistake in public health history. We knew the history and knew they would not work. We also knew very early of COVID's risk stratification. Sadly, our children will bear the catastrophic consequences, and not just educationally, of uh, the deeply flawed school closure policy for decades to come, particularly on minority children who are least able to afford this. Many are still pressured to wear masks and punished for not doing so. I present the masking body of evidence below, comprised of comparative effectiveness research as well as related evidence on high-level reporting. To date, the evidence has been stable and clear that masks do not work to control the virus and they can be harmful and especially to children. There he lists, and I'm going to link this in our podcast thing, 150 studies from all over the world, 
that all these are peer reviewed. These are, you know, these are solid studies that show wearing a mask doesn't work. But don't worry. It's all about the science. Follow the science because in LA, they're going to put you in mass in your home again when they don't work. They don't work. And so, you know, this is, I'll wrap it up, this, this first part of the show, because I was saying vaccines, and I said I should have said the shots and all that. We all knew that these weren't vaccines from the beginning because they didn't meet the definition. So what comes out this time? An email that says, email confirms, emails, plural, concerns why CDC changed the definition of vaccine and vaccine. You'll love this. Newly obtained emails confirmed that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention changed its definition of both vaccine and vaccinated because people were pointing out that definitions didn't seem to apply to the COVID vaccines. The definition of a vaccine we have proposed, we have posted is problematic and people are using it to claim the COVID-19 vaccine is not a vaccine based on our own definition on our own website, Alicia Downs, a CDC official wrote in an email on August 25th, 2020, 2021 to a colleague. The definition is located on a page titled Immunization Basics. Vaccine, quote, was defined since at least 2011 by the CDC as a product that triggers immunity, while vaccination was described as an injection that prevents a disease, according to archived versions of the page. However, a flood of inquiries on the definitions was triggered by the fact that the COVID-19, quote, vaccines or shots, um, have been increasingly ineffective against infection by the virus that caused the COVID-19, the emails show. Our question is, how is the CDC and the rest of the world allowed to call the shot a vaccination when it doesn't even meet your own definition, one person wrote to the CDC. So don't fix it. Don't be honest. Don't, don't say these aren't vaccines. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the way the left does it. When you're delusional, when you're mental, uh, when you're mentally ill, right, you don't correct your actions. You just say it ain't so. So that's what they did. Because they did. The, uh, the changes were pushed through on August 31st, 2021 and September 1st, 2021, respectively. Vaccine is now defined as a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against disease. What? The previous definition was a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. Are those the same? There's nothing, they're nowhere even close. Vaccination, word vaccination, was changed to the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. That was changed from the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Live the lies. They're living the lie, and it will destroy you. We're going to talk about that at the end, the very last part of the podcast, the video I sent you, Jordan Peterson's podcast about don't live by lies. It's, it's the soul of the problem. These are lies. They're liars, and we've got to hold them accountable, and we got to call it shots and not vaccines, and we've got to defend. we got to defend the truth. That's what we got to do. 
Okay? We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back after the, the, this, these messages. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We The People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We The People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. When you're playing a video, including our podcast, you'll see this little cloud button and if you click it, it'll actually download the po- the video to your hard disk. And this works on our podcast page as well. If, you, if you're playing our podcast, and it's going to be loud, so I won't play it for much, but there's our podcast playing, and you can see this little you know download button, okay? The other thing you got to notice on our podcast page is that there's a link here where you can send me a message about this podcast. Hey, it was great. Hey, I didn't like it. What, you know, something was wrong or here's a correction, that kind of thing. You can use that link. And then these are the stories that I covered in this particular podcast. And you'll see there's links that go to the stories that to the articles that I used in reporting on that. So you can, you can click on that. Um, you'll also see that um, you can sign up for our emails and text messages, but you can also watch our podcast on Roku TV and on Amazon Fire TV. And these are the instructions for doing that. So this is all on our, our podcast page, right? Right on the front page where the yellow button was. So if you click there, you know, this is our podcast page. These are the instructions for watching on Roku TV or Amazon Fire. And I watch our podcast on TV. It just feels more comfortable. Uh, so you can do that. We're also on Rumble. Uh, if you go to Rumble, uh, you should join Rumble. Uh, and, you know, it's Tom Z at WTPC. You'll see our podcast there. So you can get us a lot of different ways, including on Apple iTunes. And then this is an audio uh, version of our podcast. If you click here, it'll just play the audio of the podcast. It will not, uh, you know, uh, you know, show you the video. So people can, you know, listen to that while they're jogging or, you know, working out, working in the yard or just relaxing and just want to listen to the audio and not watch the video. And again, this is available on phone, on your iPad, on your laptop, on your computer, any way you want. And you can share, you know, this, this, you know, whatever you see, if you're on a page that you, you know, you really like and, you know, you see an article that you think, geez, I've got to share this article, you know, with uh, someone in my family. You can send them an email by clicking on the little envelope. You can uh, post it on Parler or MeWe. If you click on this, you get all kinds of options, you know, where you can put it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, which we don't support, but uh, you can do whatever you want. So, so we ask that you share what uh, you see on our We The People Convention site and that um, you get more people to look at it because uh, that's the whole idea here, to help uh, educate people, inform them. And then, as I said uh, before, Link, we're not just about talk, we're about action. And in my podcast every week, uh, which is published every Saturday, so if you, you know, the new podcast usually comes out every Saturday. And in that podcast, I will ask you to do certain things that will help protect and defend your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. So that's the We The People Convention website. Come back often, use it uh, to be informed, be informed, and uh, share it with others. Thanks a lot.
All right, and we thank everyone who does donate to the We People Convention. We know everyone can't do that, particularly in these tough times. We're going to talk about inflation again. Uh, but we also thank you for telling other people about this podcast and sharing it using those share links. We also, uh, you know, thank you for, um, you know, acting on the things we ask you to do to protect and defend your freedom and liberty and prosperity. Those are kind of, that's kind of the triumvirate of things that, you know, this is all about. Um, I also want to remind you uh, that last week at the end of the podcast, I talked to you about a problem we were having where our text messages are being intercepted. That that And it looks to be on Android phones that when you get our link, uh, when I send out a text, you get the text and there's a short link in there. But when you click on it, you don't come to our page. And they're investigating this. They've been working on it all week. And we haven't fixed it yet. So two things. If you get a text and the link doesn't work, just go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Just go to wethepeopleconvention.org, and that story that I'm talking about is going to be there. Number two, I, I mentioned this before, and it's really more important now because of this, this problem we're having communicating. Set an alarm on your phone or on your computer that just says, hey, every Saturday at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, you know, watch the podcast. We the People podcast is available. Just to remind you in case my message doesn't get through to you, right? And then set another alarm during the week that says, check the WeThePeopleConvention.org website because we're posting stories pretty much every day, though I've been distracted this week trying to fix this problem um, that, you know, you're going to be interested in. And, 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 you know, I really work hard to only post the things that are important to you. Get rid of the noise and the propaganda and the nonsense, okay? So just a couple of more things. Tell people about the podcast, right? Act on what we ask you to do. Thank you for your donations. Set an alarm so you can know, be reminded to come and, and, and watch the podcast and look at the uh, web pages. So in case I can't reach you with our emails and text messages. If you aren't getting our emails and text messages, by the way, go to wethepeopleconvention.org right on the front page. You can enter your email, enter your phone number, and I ask for the phone number because our emails are blocked by Google and Yahoo and all those guys, so I send you text messages with links to the emails. So put that in, and we'll do our best to get to you. Okay, now, on with uh, the news. We'll be a little quicker here the second half. Got some more videos, but we'll talk a lot about domestic things. So this is important because, as you remember, why are we having inflation? We're having inflation because the left and the Republicans helped them are spending trillions of dollars on nothing. And so it's created inflation. There's more money than goods. Well, Joe Manchin is being pressured to help uh, vote for the Build Back Better nonsense that he rejected before. And he, Manchin says inflation report killed climate and tax talks with Schumer. This is a big deal. I sure wish Joe Manchin would switch and become a Republican uh, because then Schumer wouldn't be the, you know, the leader of the Senate. Right. That's why it's important. So, again, you in, you in West Virginia, you should call him and thank him. It's another ask. Even people around the country. Senator Joe Manchin said Friday that he told Senate Minority uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer this week that a reporting a report showing inflation jumping to nine point one percent. OK. Uh, in June, compared to a year ago, 
blew up the chances of him supporting a bill with climate provisions and tax reform anytime soon. Manchin told West Virginia broadcaster Hoppy Kirchhoffville in an interview Friday morning that talks had been going well until the eye-popping inflation report came out Wednesday. He said that made it impossible for him to vote for a budget bill that would raise hundreds of billions of dollars in tax revenue to spend on clean energy tax incentives and other climate proposals. Manchin said he informed Schumer's staff of his position earlier this week. Hear, hear, Senator Schumer, stop the spending. They're printing money. This isn't money that they have. They're still creating inflation. And this is how dumb they are and, and how evil they are because some of them know it and they're doing it on purpose. We talked about this last week. One of the greatest things we've done is make people understand the gas prices, the food shortages, the product shortages, we're going to talk about that in a second again, are all intentional. These people are stupid smart people. And Joe Manchin is a smart smart people. And he's stopping them. Call his office. I'm asking all of you. Send, go to his website. Just send an email. Do the web form. Whatever. Thank Joe Manchin. Because I'll tell you right now, he's been really important to us. So... What's happening is a total meltdown because of these policies, right? And again, inflation 9.1% and the, the wholesale price index was up 11.2. This is devastating and it's going to get worse. There's more to come. And, and what's happening? The, the White House faces disaster with young voters. Listen to this thing, man. President Biden is facing a disaster with young voters, increasing fears among Democrats that they are in danger of losing a generation if he doesn't improve his standing with Generation Z. How can you improve your standing when your policies hurt them? Who do you think is hurt by $5 a gallon or $4.50 gallon or $6 a gallon gasoline? More than teenagers, 20-year-olds, people that are working minimum wage jobs. How are you going to improve that without not doing what you want to do? Biden's approval rating has declined across the board among Democrats, but figures with people under 30-year-olds is cratering. Listen to this. New York Times-Siena College poll this week found 94% of Democrat primary voters aged 18 to 29 saying the party should nominate someone other than Joe Biden. 94%. Biden 79 has never been the candidate for younger Democrats, though they did rally to help him win the White House in 2020 as the president endorsed key progressive policies and issues to address climate change and other issues. Now the polls suggest they could abandon him altogether amid frustration with a lack of progress in Washington on everything from climate change to abortion rights. Okay? Now listen to this, though, these quotes. A lot of the young people that I'm talking to in particular right now are asking what the point is of having a Democrat House, Senate, and White House if our rights are still being ripped away, said Ellen Scalise, communications director at the Youth Climate Activist Group, the Sunrise Movement. Yeah, you're a moron. You're an idiot. Because look at any poll, and even these polls of these young people, yeah, the climate ain't the top thing. Abortion ain't the top thing. It's inflation. It's you know product shortages. It's my 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 job. It's about economics, you fools. It's about pocketbook issues. But listen to this quote: "Like, what's the point of voting? And obviously, we're pushing people to vote, but it's going to make it so much harder for us to do our job." She said, "Yeah, yeah, good, good." 
Biden received high marks from young voters at the start of his presidency. However, a Gallup poll released in April found that Biden's approval rating had dropped 21 percentage points among Americans belonging to Generation Z, those born from 1997 to 2004, and 19% among millennials, those born between 1981 and 1996, between the start of the presidency and this past March. Yeah, yeah. How do you win an election? And this is on top of the Hispanic vote has swung 41% against Democrats. 41% swing towards Republicans. You know, you know why they're panicked? Yeah, that's why they're panicked. And they don't want Biden. They don't want this agenda. They were indoctrinated into lies. They were sold a bill of goods. It was bait and switch. They tell you abortion is freedom to murder. They tell you, oh, the climate, you know, it takes precedent over everything. You should be happy to not to have $5 gallon gas because that's what it takes to save the planet that doesn't need saved. You're being sold lies. But it's the economics that's doing this. Watch this video. You'll love this. Yeah, well, so we have this number from the New York Times, Siena, as you say, 33%, very low number there for Biden. Not the only recent poll that's shown low approval rating for Joe Biden. In fact, if you average together everything that's out there right now, including this new New York Times Siena poll, this is what it looks like. On average right now, Biden's approval rating uh, under 40 percent, about 37 and a half, 37.7 to be exact. That disapproval rating maybe significantly as well, over 50 percent, well over 50 percent. So one thing we can do is we could put this in perspective when we're talking polling averages. This is the real clear politics average here. We can look at where Biden's immediate predecessors were in their average at this exact same point, basically second week of July, other midterm year. So let's do that. Here they are. These were the polling averages, the approval rating averages of the four most recent presidents. Now, Bush, remember, at this point, this was still less than a year after 9-11. Yeah. It's extremely popular outlier in Bush's case. But Obama, his number had fallen under 50. Of course, 2010, that was a 2010 midterm year. That was 63-seat Republican gain. That was a wipeout for Democrats. Trump, his number had fallen well under 50 and was getting closer to 40 percent. 2018 midterm year, that was the 40-seat Democratic blue wave. Democrats picked up the House of Representatives. And now you can see, by comparison, Biden's number, though, six points lower even than Trump's was mm. at this point. So again, that's not just the New York Times number. That's the average of every poll that's out there right now. Also concerning certainly the White House would be this number. Before you can even talk about a general election matchup featuring Biden in 2024, there is the question of Will Joe Biden be the Democratic nominee? And when they asked Democratic primary voters, did they think the party should nominate Biden or someone else? Someone else by an almost 40 point margin beating Biden here. Now, of course, key to mention, someone else could be anyone else. They're not matching Biden up against a particular name here. Mm. Of course, it'd probably be a very different story if you start matching up against specific names here. There's no consensus alternative to Biden who's kind of emerged. But this does, I think, speak to a broad appetite that exists there in the Democratic Party, maybe to look for another option. Yeah, well, the problem is they don't have anybody else. They don't have anybody else. Who, who do the Democrats have? Kamala Harris? Pete Buttigieg, you gotta be kidding me. Guy's a moron. Okay. Who do they have? Gavin Newsom? You think Gavin Newsom could win? See, that's the problem. 
They don't want Biden. They ain't got anything else because they've eaten their own. They're so power hungry. Remember, what is it left all about? They're about ruling over you. Well, guess what? They rule over their own people. That's why they eliminate so many of their young people in the Democratic Party. They've got all these old people who fought for power like Hillary Clinton and kept people down. Republicans have all kinds of people from DeSantis to Christy Nome to Matt Gates to, you know, you name it. There's, there's dozens of Republicans. They don't want Biden, but they don't have anybody else. Okay. And so why don't they want Biden? Because none of this stuff is working, folks. It's just real simple. So, so what happens? So Biden goes to Saudi Arabia, right? Now this is, I mean, I'm not going to give this a lot of time, but I'm going to make two specific points. Okay. He goes to Saudi Arabia and all the left wants to talk about is him holding Saudi Arabia accountable for the murder of this Kasagi uh, supposed journalist guy. Okay? Okay, yeah, we're about human rights. That's great. But what he went to is he went to beg Saudi Arabia to produce more oil and gas to lower gas prices here so he can try to do something about the election. That's why he went. Now, now, now think about this. This is how idiotic the left is. This is how myopic they are. They're, they, they, they're so focused on what they want that they can't see the real world around them. You're Saudi Arabia. Everything you've got is based on what? Oil. What's oil? Fossil fuel, right? If we go all clean energy, nuclear, solar, wind, Saudi Arabia becomes a poverty country. They're just sand. So, geez, what incentive would the king of Saudi Arabia have to help Joe Biden kill fossil fuels? I'd say none. So he's so ignorant, he's going to the enemy of his agenda, asking them to help. I got news for you. The Saudis ain't that stupid. So they'll play them. They'll play a little game, right? They'll, they'll, they'll you know, give a little help, bring gas down a little bit, but still make sure that the West is angry as hell about their gas prices because it's not in their best interest. That's what a moron this guy is. And what he did, he went over there because of these, the, the you know, inflation index just came out and stuff, and it's hurting them domestically. But, but this is the point. They never fix anything. Anything. Okay? What do I mean? Remember when this was news? Baby formula crisis is getting worse. It didn't go away. It, it, it didn't go away. Biden and the lefties, Oh, we're going to have a task force and we're going to fix this right away. Yeah. Listen to what's going on. Listen to what's going on. You think this doesn't matter to moms? You think this doesn't matter to grandparents? Despite manufacturers' efforts to ramp up production and the Biden administration's Operation Fly formula, the baby formula shortage has worsened. The crisis began from pandemic-related supply chain issues and then worsened after the closure of an Abbott's Nutrition plant in Sturgis, Michigan, after consumer complaints of bacterial infection in infants who consume products from the facility. Abbott initiated a recall 
and an, an investigation was done. They found uh, this one virus or bacteria in a part of the facility, but they denied finding the bacteria in its finished product. Nevertheless, the Biden FDA was slow, asleep at the switch, was, did not get this back online. They delayed it. The plant then reopened in June, only to be shuttered again less than two weeks later after storms flooded the facility. It opened once again earlier this month, but will initially focus on production of L-Care, a hypoallergenic amino acid-based formula. In the meantime, Abbott has imported formula from its facilities abroad. Availability of powdered baby formula products in U.S. stores early this month dropped to the lowest level so far this year, with about 30% of products out of stock for the week ended July 3rd, according to the market research firm IRI. While availability improved slightly last week, out-of-stock levels remain higher than in recent months and shortages remain acute in states including Alaska, Utah, and Wyoming. At the same time, consumers are finding fewer choices of brands, sizes, of, uh, or formats of formula on grocery store shelves as the variety of available products shrinks. U.S. supermarkets over the four weeks end of January, uh, June 26 sold an average of 11 different formula products per store weekly compared to an average of 24 products from 2018 to 21. You still can't get your baby formula in the United States of America because the government is interfering with the marketplace. That's why. Okay? And, and want more proof of that? Well, here we go. What could go wrong next? Nationwide railroad strike looms for Monday and Biden's asleep at the switch. Okay? You're just going to love this. You can't make this stuff up. Negotiations for a new national contract between the parties in the National Railway Labor Conference entered their third year in 2022. This is the group made up of Class 1 railroad management representatives and railroad union officials responsible for defining the new terms. The process has progressed to the end of the tracks. The parties are in a 30-day cooling-off period prescribed by the Railway, Railway Labor Act. That period ends July 18th. In anticipation, some unions are taking strike authorization vote. On Tuesday, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen announced that 99.5% of their participating members voted to authorize a strike. The union represents more than 57,000 railway workers, 23,000 of which are affected by the current negotiations. It would be a challenge for anyone to find a vote taken by a union in any industry that ended up with a nearly 100% agreement. Okay? The BELT is one of the 12 unions involved in the current negotiations. Okay? And here's what's happened. They were all asked to work during COVID because they were essential workers, Right? And then they didn't get any pay raises. And while the companies that they were working for made boatloads of money and gave donations, right, to Democrats, they didn't get anything. So you think the, the shortage of products is going to improve if we have a nationwide rail strike? Because guess what? All that stuff that comes into ports, which is already backed up, leaves the ports on trains. On trains. This thing is just cascading. It's snowballing. And that's why we, conservatives, are prepared. We have food. We have water. We've stocked up on essentials, right? Because we won't be victims. We'll be heroes. We won't let these incompetent fools kill us. 
Uh, Bongino likes to say, what's our number one rule? Don't die. That's a good rule. That's what we live by. Okay? So what's this all about? I talk about all the time. It's about China. It's about global dominance. No one, Russia, China, no one can rule the world if there's a strong United States. So what do you do? You make sure there's not a strong United States. Well, how do you do that? Well, you buy all the politicians. You buy the big CEOs. You, you buy land. You infiltrate the universities. You release a bioweapon called COVID-19. You kill millions of these people. You destroy their, their culture. You promote abortion. You promote you know transgenderism and all these deviant, anti-family, anti-cultural things, right? And that's what China's doing. And who's helping them? Well, how is Biden making Xi Jinping smile? Let's count the ways. This is from the World Tribune. Amid daily revelations about damning evidence on, on his son Hunter Biden's laptop, Two major warnings regarding China's ongoing efforts to infiltrate American politics and steal U.S. technology were issued by U.S. intelligence officials last week. Yeah, we heard about this. FBI Director Christopher Wray and his British MI5 counterpart conducted a rare public appearance in London on Wednesday to sound the alarm over the growing serious security and economic threat posed by China, which aims to steal U.S. intellectual property and corrupt American politics. Oh, tell me something I didn't know. Tell me something that's been going on for 30 years. And oh yeah, Christopher Ray, tell me how you didn't do your job, that you didn't prevent it. You say you know about it. How come you're not preventing it? Let's see here. Also on Wednesday, U.S. counterintelligence officials issued a bulletin to state and local officials warning of a campaign by communist China to manipulate and influence politicians with the goal of pushing Washington towards more China-friendly policies. Oh, warning, warning. Joe Biden's son took billions of dollars from the Chinese, gave it to his father, who's now president of the United States. Oh, Dianne Feinstein's husband and Anthony Pelosi's husband and Cory Booker and, and Kamala Harris and, and all the rest of the people in the administration, the regime's you know, uh, staff, all have been bought and paid for by the communist Chinese. Oh, send the bulletin. Don't arrest any of those people, Christopher Wray. Yeah, don't arrest them. No, send a bulletin. Warning, warning. This might be happening as it's actually happening. The Trump administration pursued aggressive measures to rein in China's growing assertiveness and espionage activities. The New York Post's Miranda Devine, who broke the Hunter Biden laptop story in October 2020, noted in a July 10th op-ed. Yet Biden has gone soft on China since becoming president. Don't say. You don't so Well, really? Here's what he did. One, he diverted at least a million barrels of oil from the strategic petroleum reserves, according to Reuters, to Chinese state-owned gas giant Sinopec, which Hunter Biden had invested in through his 10% stake in a Chinese private equity firm. We talked about that. He dismantled the Chinese Initiative, a national security program set up by the Trump administration to combat China's economic espionage and universities and research institutions. We covered that right after Biden, you know, well, a year ago, a while back, six months ago, this program where we were arresting all these college professors who were illegally sharing technology with China and, and we we're convicting some of them. 
Oh, yeah, we stopped that. You know why? We stopped that because uh, of we were targeting a racial group, don't you know? These are spies attacking our country. We're not going to look for them anymore because they all happen to be Chinese, and that's discriminatory, don't you know? Yeah, that's how smart we are. That's how smart the smart, stupid people are. Oh, yeah. Don't, they're stealing your, your, the money from your house, your, from your bank account, but don't be a racist. No. He disabled, uh, he disbanded the China initiative. Wait a minute. No. He revoked Trump's era restrictions against TikTok and said promising a national security view, which has led to no action for over a year. The world's fastest growing social media platform owned by Chinese company ByteDance reportedly has repeatedly accessed U.S. users' private personal data and shared it with the communist government. They're, they are social scoring us using TikTok. And Biden said, oh, we're going to do a, a, a national security review, which hasn't taken place. But Trump said TikTok's illegal, Right. He, in another unwinding of hardline Trump policies, the Biden administration granted the Chinese tech giants Huawei a license to purchase chips used in automobile manufacturing, Reuters report, Reuters reported last year. Huawei is a spy. They put on their telecommunications equipment that they send, that they, they give to like uh, this Belt and Road program in Africa and South America, where they say, we'll build a whole new phone system for you free of charge except they're monitoring every phone call through these highway switches. We stopped that. Biden's allowing it. Uh, he has not pressed China on the origins of COVID-19, like, uh, hey, can we look at the Wuhan lab? And then that, he has suspended tariffs on Chinese solar panels. Jeez, buy solar panels. They're all made in China. Who's that helping, us or China? Yeah, China. He reportedly is contemplating lifting further Trump tariffs against Chinese imports for no discernible benefit to America, with economists warning that any effect on soaring inflation would be minimal and short-lived. It's astonishing that such generous concessions are even being contemplated while China has become Vladimir Putin's top financier in the war on Ukraine by buying discounted Russian oil and thus allowing the Kremlin to withstand Western sanctions. These concessions to China add to well-founded concerns that Joe Biden is compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, given all the evidence on Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop about millions of dollars that flowed from China to his son and his brother, Jim Biden, and to Joe Biden. One more evidence, right? Who's the enemy? Enemy within. There is no Democrat Party. They're the Communist Party. That's the bottom line. And you can't vote for anyone who says they're a Democrat because there are no Democrats. The D stands for destruction, the destruction of America, the destruction of your way of life, the destruction of freedom, liberty, and prosperity. All Democrats, even the dumb ones who don't know there's no Democrat Party, even the dumb ones who say we're a threat to democracy when they're the threat to democracy. There is no Democrat Party. There's only the Communist Party USA. And they're evil. They're evil. You want proof they're evil? Yeah. How about this story that came out this week? That the Obama administration, Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, let loose some documents that they got from FOIA that says the Obama administration was buying baby skulls after abortions to sell. This is a horrific story. I'm going to play just a short clip uh, from Judicial Watch. Here's what Tom Fitton had to say. 
that seems to show the FDA was buying, quote, intact calvarium baby skulls, 18 to 24 weeks for $515 per skull. What do you make of this apparent sale of fetal body parts to the FDA? Well, it ought to cause both moral and legal outrage uh, on the part of United States citizens and taxpayers that their tax dollars are being used to purchase uh, basically the dead bodies of unborn human beings. They uh, divvy up their bodies, they sell their heads, they sell their livers, they sell other aspects of their uh, uh, body, uh, and you see the priceless. Another interesting uh, bit of information you uncovered, uh, also stating here documents, quote, documents previously uncovered in this lawsuit, uh, according to your press release, that the federal government demanded the purchased fetal organs be, quote, fresh, never frozen. What do you make of that? Well, if, if you want to, I, I don't know how any normal person could read that and not be horrified. Uh, they wanted the organs shipped on dry ice. Uh, this is awful stuff, and it highlights the humanity. But of, it's actually happening. Yeah, and it highlights the, and, you know, these are organs. This isn't, oh, a clump of cells. These are organs. These are baby skulls up to 24 weeks gestation. 24 weeks gestation, when we know that babies can feel pain when, at way lower, you know, weeks than that. Aborted babies were selling their skulls. How evil is that? That's, a, that's what the Democratic Communist left is. That's what they do. They think that's good. That's, we need those for scientific research. It's, it's a woman's right. It's a woman's right. Get an abortion. It's women's health care. Don't you know? Yeah. What if the baby's a woman, a girl? Yeah, how's that health care for them? Evil. Yes, they are. More evil? Yeah. Ex-FBI intel chief, DOJ must investigate anti-fascist bounties for tracking conservative justices. Okay? The reasonable interpretation of shutdown D.C.'s bounty offer will be, at minimum, to intimidate justice and, at worst, to physically harm them, said former FBI assistant director of intelligence, Kevin Brock. So this group, uh, Shutdown D.C., did a tweet, okay? They did a tweet where they basically said, hey, if you see Kavanaugh or Clarence Thomas or any of these justices, if you see them at a restaurant or something, we'll give you $200 if they're still there within 30 minutes. We'll give you $50 just for the tip. We're hunting. We are hunting Supreme Court justices because we didn't agree. They are hunting, not we. They are hunting Supreme Court justices because they didn't agree with their decisions. Really? And Eric Gar Merrick Garland has done what? Christopher Ray has done what? Wow. DC industry workers, if you see Kavanaugh, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Coney, Barrett, or Roberts, uh, direct message us with the details shut down DC tweeted. We'll Vimo you $50 for the confirmed sighting and $200 if they are still there 30 minutes after the message. Tucker Carlson mentioned the group's tweet during his Fox TV show on Friday, telling his viewers to flood them with reported sightings until they give up. While Shutdown DC said they received many false sightings, sightings following Carlson's show, they also got an increase in donations. Yeah, what kind of sick people donate to this, which is thugocracy, 
which is totalitarian tyranny. The Antifa group's tweet came after protesters disrupted Associate Justice Brett Kavanaugh's dinner at a Washington, D.C. steakhouse last Wednesday, following shutdown D.C. tweeting that someone had sent them a tip that he was there. Direct messages us if you want to join him. We sure, we're sure you can just pull up a chair at his table, the group tweeted. During Carlson's segment, he said the DOJ has done nothing to cite shut down DC's posted offer. The threat environment related to Dobbs' decision is crackling right now, Brock, the former FBI intel chief told Justin News on Tuesday, and no one's doing anything about it. Yeah, what about uh, Twitter? What about Twitter's policies? What about that? Why didn't they... Um, why didn't they take that off? You're going to, Twitter, isn't that creating harm to someone? Well, geez, that, that, I thought that was your policy. I guess not. So on the Twitter front, we had some interesting news, a big reversal. Elon Musk says Twitter will have to disclose bot data in court. Bottom line is Elon Musk backed out of the deal. Twitter filed a lawsuit against Elon Musk on Tuesday in an attempt to force the entrepreneur to continue his $44 billion purchase of the country. Musk mocked them on Twitter. The company that he's being sued by, he used it to mock them. Musk refused to honor his obligations to Twitter and its stockholders because the deal he signed no longer serves his personal interests, the company said in a lawsuit. Musk apparently believes that he, unlike every other party subject to Delaware contract law, is free to change his mind, trash the company, disrupt its operations, destroy stockholder value, and walk away. Musk decided that he wanted to terminate the deal because he claims the company was not disclosing accurate information about how many spam accounts are on the platform. And this is what he tweeted. You'll love this. Watch this. If you're on the podcast, I'll read it for those who are listening to the audio only. Musk responded to the news that Twitter would sue him by trolling the company with a meme at the start of the week. It has four pictures on it. The first one shows him smiling, saying, they said I couldn't buy Twitter, the meme begins. The second one said they wouldn't disclose bot info. The third one says, now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. The final one says, now they have to disclose the bot info in court. And he's laughing his head off. It's hilarious because that's right. This is a phony company. All the companies who were fooled into thinking that their customers hated them because they didn't have trans people going to women's bathrooms. All the people, all these big Fortune 500 countries who think their customers hate them because on Twitter they were called out. It's all a lie. It's all a scam. Twitter's a joke. They don't represent squat. It's a it's an activist platform to basically skew public opinion and all the media is in on it, including, and then Fox and those people are fooled by it. That's why we aren't on Twitter. That's why you're not on Twitter. It doesn't matter. The tree falls in a forest. Does it make a sound? It doesn't. If something's on Twitter, do I care? Does it affect you and me? Sure doesn't. But now Elon Musk has got him by the short hairs. The New York Times reported that Musk's attempt to terminate the deal could force Twitter to offer him the company at a discounted rate. The report added that if Musk successfully terminates the deal, that it could be a catastrophic event for the company as the value of its stock has declined 35% from the $54.20 per share that Musk originally offered. I love it. I love it. Liberal lefties getting what they deserve. Getting taken to the cleaners by the stupid smart people at Twitter. 
are getting taken to the cleaners by the smart people, Elon Musk. Beautiful story. I thought you'd enjoy that. There's another story you'll enjoy. ERCOT, which is the energy company for Texas, asked Texans to conserve power on Monday. Okay? According to ERCOT, factors driving the need for the call for conservation might include record demand for power and low wind impacting wind generation. Record high electric demand, the heat uh, wave that was settled on Texas and much of the central United States is driving increased electrical use. Due to the heat wave, other grid operators are operating under similar conservative operation programs as ERCOT. Low wind, while solar power is generally reaching near full generating capacity, wind generation is currently generating significantly less than what it historically generates in this time period. Current projections show wind generation coming in less than 10% of it, short of its capacity. Well, shazam! What do, you, what do you know about that? Okay? What do you know about that? Just like the snowstorm. Oh, let's get rid of all fossil fuels, the left says, right? Let's go to wind and solar because, you know, that just works great, except it doesn't, okay? The operators of the Texas Power Grid is asking the public to conserve energy Monday afternoon and into the evening to avoid energy uh, emergency during the extreme heat, okay? There you have it. Extreme heat. Go solar. Oh, yeah. Let's go solar then. You got, like, lots of sun, except for when it's cloudy, you're, you know, you can't, don't have sun. Anyway, this is another good story. So that was a couple good stories. Elon Musk's story was kind of fun. That wind story was kind of fun. Here's another good story. Father shoots two suspects during apparent robbery attempt, right? Because you don't need your Second Amendment, do you? You don't need your Second Amendment. Texas father shot two teen suspects late Monday after they attempted to rob his family's vehicle with two infants in the back seat, according to authorities. The Harris County Sheriff's Office report reported the incident just after midnight in the Houston area, KRIV-TV reported. The family had just arrived home when the two suspects walked up to their SUV and opened a rear door where their one-year-old was seated, Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said in a statement. But the father shot and struck both of the suspects. The wife then drove the vehicle away to get away from the suspects, the sheriff said. The adult male feared for the safety of his family and fired shots and struck both suspects. The wife was driving and drove away after shooting to get away from the suspects. None of the family members were injured. However, two 60-year-old suspects were taken to the hospital. They were in stable and fair condition, the sheriff said. Uh, the incident comes at the, uh, as that area, along with much of the country, struggles with high crime rates because the left defunded the police and the left doesn't want to enforce the laws and the left wants to let dangerous criminals back out on the street as soon as the police arrest them, if they do arrest them. Houston was rated number 31 on a list of the top 100 most dangerous cities in the U.S. by Neighborhood Scout. With a crime rate of 56 per 1,000 residents, Houston has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of its size, from the smallest towns to the very largest city. One ch one's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime here is 1 in 18. Wow. In fact, more than 99% of communities in Texas have a lower crime rate than Houston. Give the father an award and free Chick-fil-A for life. I agree. Give him an award and free Chick-fil-A for life. And that's why, that is why we do not take guns away from Americans. Because the police aren't going to save you. As we saw in Uvalde, arm the teachers, 
Concealed carry, open carry. We just passed open carry here in Ohio. The Second Amendment is one of our most sacred rights. And the left wants it gone because it protects us from them. That's why they want it gone. Not because it's the killings. No. Because of the, you want killings? Yeah. Look at Stalin. Look at Mao. Look at totalitarian. Millions. Not six people shot. Millions. That's the evil they are. Okay, now, I want to talk about this story. This is a, a story that many of you probably saw clips of, but I want to take issue with it, and I want to tie it to this video that I put out by Jordan Peterson. This story is Senator Hawley accused of transgender questioning at abortions hearing, okay? So this was the story where he was at a Senate hearing, and he's interviewing this woke joke professor from Cal Berkeley, Okay. Now, I'm going to play the clip, and, and remember, Josh Hawley's one of our best. He's one of our strongest, okay? But I'm, I'm going to go on something really important here, and I want you to stick with me. So now let's watch the clip first, and then I'm going to comment on it. Now, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it. Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think. Men can get <laughs> so pregnant. you are denying that trans people exist, Thank and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're at, opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot. Just I know. In this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. Okay, now let me unpack that for you. That's cute, and you know the conservative outlets put that out because. It shows how nutty the, the professor is, right? Okay? But that's the completely the wrong answer. And, and that's why I sent you the video, you know, don't live by lies. And you need to watch it. And I'm going to show you some clips from that in just a second. Here's the answer that Senator Hawley and you and everybody needs to start giving. The answer is, Madam, I'm not transphobic. You are mentally ill because there is no such thing as transgenderism. It is called gender dysphoria. That's a scientific fact. And you are torturing mentally ill people by supporting their delusion. You're also wrong in your facts. You stated, quote, one in five has attempted or contemplated suicide. No, no, no. 
Way more have actually committed suicide, as many as 40%, because you are egging them on. You, instead of giving them treatment, are abusing the mentally ill. And the fact that you're teaching at a university is a disgrace. You are not qualified to teach anywhere because you are delusional. You need a psychologist. You don't know X and Y chromosomes. You don't know DNA. And you're telling and living a lie. And that is a sign of psychosis. And everyone in this Senate hearing who believes that men should get, can get pregnant needs to be taken to a doctor immediately. That's what he should have said. That's the truth. Not, oh, you know, you say my words create violence. You know, no. Make the point. Don't defend against their stupid lies. Am I making myself clear? Are you getting this? Be precise in your language. But most importantly, most importantly, live not by lies. I highly recommend this podcast. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Look in the video section. Sit down with your family and watch this. There's a lot here. And it basically is telling us, because this this writer went to Europe and talked to all the people, not all, talk to people in Czechoslovakia and, and, and you know, Ukraine and, and Crimea, whatever, who were under communist rule. How did that happen? How did you fight it? What is the source of it? Okay? So let me play this, this clip. Let's just a quick clip here. Let's see. Um, okay, here we go. I talk a little bit about why you picked that title, where it came from, and, and also what motivated you to write the book. Sure. Well, the title comes from an essay that Alexander Solzhenitsyn sent out to his followers just before the Soviets expelled him in 1974. And in the essay, he told the people who followed him that, look, we can't go out on Red Square and say exactly what we think. We don't have that option in totalitarian Russia. But what we can do is refuse to say what we do not think. This is the power we have to refuse to speak lies or to refuse to assent to lies when they are spoken around us. And I, I think that that is a very valuable lesson for us today, living under very different conditions, you know, in, uh, in the 2020s. But we are living in a time of a different kind of totalitarianism. Yes, we are. That's what this is. The whole idea that you are not that oh we should censor we should censor disinformation your speech is different from disinformation my speech is is the truth right and, and all truths are relative there is no truth unless we say it's the truth that's totalitarian that is to dis, that takes all your power away and it is deadly it is deadly okay so listen to this clip from that video from Jordan Peterson they tell me, well, you're so courageous. And I think, well, no, you, you don't understand. I'm just afraid of the right thing. I know that there's catastrophe to the right and catastrophe to the left and catastrophe straight ahead, let's say. But I also know that conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. 
And if I have to pick suffering right now because I'm going to say what I bloody well think and suffering later way more intensely with way more other people because I refuse to say what I think, I'm going to pick the former. And I'm not going to delude myself that there's some safe path that involves lying because there isn't. That's, and that, that's another thing. Well, another reason I liked your book is, and this is Solzhenitsyn's, um, what would you call it? His key insight in some sense is that you think that lying protects you. That's wrong. And you think, well, how could it possibly protect you? What you're trying to do is to adapt to the world. And if you lie so that you're no longer adapted to the world, then you're going to run into sharp objects and, in, and fall into holes nonstop. And the blinder you are, the sharper the objects and the deeper the holes. And when you really understand that, like once I understood Solzhenitsyn's connection between lying and the totalitarian state, I mean, I had come at that for other reasons as well, but he, he was a big contributor to that realization. I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to say things that are false because that's clearly, that's the road to hell. Not metaphysically, not philosophically, mm -hmm. actually, really, for sure, this will happen. You got that? Not metaphysically, real, actual death comes from us if we don't speak the truth and challenge the lies and we're not doing it and particularly you know elected people are not doing it the whole thing about political correctness was the canary in the in the cave right the whole thing about like gay marriage no you speak out there's no such thing as gay marriage there is no such thing there are civil unions but the whole concept of marriage is to have babies and it's a religious right, not a legal right. And there is no such thing. There's no such thing as transgenderism. Boys can't get pregnant. They shouldn't compete with girls. Why are we having such a hard time saying this? Speak up or die. Right? That's what he said. Because he says by lying, you know, you're, de you're delaying it. You're delaying the 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 hurt that's going to come to you, and it's going to be bigger if you delay it. Now is the time. Now is the time to fight and stand. But then this video, I mean, I just can't, I know I'm pushing hard. I know some of you don't like Jordan Peterson. Hold your nose and watch it. Because what this guy talks about is the role of faith and religion in the defeat of totalitarianism. The, this thing just winds beautifully through how did communism get there? Why did people go along with it? How did they reject it? And what's the role of religion in all of this? And it's major. It's major. This, this video is priceless. I'm asking to go watch it this weekend, right now. It's worth more time than anything else you're going to do. I don't ever send you anything that wastes your time, effort, or money. I made that pledge on the steps of the courthouse in Portage County, Ravenna, Ohio, on January 11, 2009. The first Tea Party meeting, the words I said was, I will never waste your time, effort, or money. But when I ask you to act, when I call you to the fight, you need to grab your musket and run to the battle. That's what this video is. I'm calling you to the fight.
I'm educating you. I'm trying to help you see how this happened and how we win. And you win by not living the lie ever, by not lying to anyone about anything. And you defend the truth. And you speak out against these clowns who want to intimidate you and silence you. Never agree to be silenced. Never. The, he said about, you know, uh, Solzhenitsyn was being deported from Russia. And he said, we don't have the right to go out on Red Square and speak what we really believe. We do. You do. We must. We can do it still. They want you to believe you can't, but you can. I do it every day. You do it. Do it more. The truth will set you free. The truth will defend and protect your freedom, liberty, and prosperity. And that's what this podcast is all about. And I thank you for watching. I appreciate you telling others about it. If you have any questions, you know, be sure to send me um, notes at wethepeopleconvention.org, info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Please tell people about this podcast. Please share it. Send me stories. Send me articles. Send me comments. Tell me if I'm wrong because I don't fear the truth. If I'm wrong, I'll come on and tell you I'm wrong. I don't have all the facts. I don't have all the knowledge. But I'm committed to the truth, and I'll share with you what I know is true until someone proves me wrong. Because we don't fear the truth. We embrace it. All right. Again, share this link, this video, or excuse me, this image that's going to be at our podcast page. It's the people who voted for Democrats who are personally responsible for the destruction of our life, liberty, and prosperity. Never vote for any Democrat. They aren't Democrats. They're socialist, communist, American haters. Make sure everyone knows that because now you got all the proof you need. The gas prices, the food shortages, the baby food shortages, the car shortages, it's all there. The inflation, make them pay. Hang it on them. That's how you win. All right. Have a good week. God willing, I'll be back, and you'll be back next week, and hopefully you'll be joined by thousands of others. God bless you. God bless America. You've been listening to the We the People Convention News Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. Why?